Welcome, my friends, to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. I am the Tomb's proprietor, Headstone P. Gravely, and here I are two captive hosts, Shrey Lawson and James Hickson. Welcome back, Tomb Believers, to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast, and big news, we're alive! That's right. Both of us, in uh, fact. I was, I was a little worried about Trey for a minute there, but I held the mirror in front of his face, and it fogged up. We're good. Yep. I am I am very much here, definitely not a member of the undead, so worry about that. Mm, that's what an undead would say, though, so... <laughs> I mean, you did have me invite you in. I... I Mm. True, true. And I did immediately throw away everything that had garlic in it. I, I, I worked hard on that pesto, man. That wasn't cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're here. We're back. We're doing the we're, thing. We're doing the thing. For as long as we are able right. to do the thing, we are making no guarantees. Right, right. Um, yeah, we, we saw that uh, Fantastic Cast suddenly had new episodes out there. And we were like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> If Magar's Marvel comes back, we know we're really behind the curve. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so we decided we were going to um, celebrate, I guess would be the term, celebrate our return with a very special episode of The Tomb. Um, it, right. it is something that we long promised, threatened? Uh, I feel like listeners were threatening us okay. with it. That, that sounds accurate. And, and and gravely definitely encouraged that. Well, yeah, but he he often encourages uh, listeners to threaten us, right? So that you know makes his job easier. Do less threatening when again. Mm-hmm. But so I mean, long story short, we are going to watch and commentate on the much maligned, much anticipated, definitely much delayed Morbius. From Sony Pictures releasing 2020. And again, in 2022. Yes, yes. Because... Congratulations, Internet. Yes. Yeah. You tricked Sony into thinking this movie was more popular than it yeah. was. So, um, yeah, there, there's... What's what's hilarious is when, when they announced it, I, I forget who it was, someone on Twitter said, Okay, guys, this joke only works if now nobody goes to see it. <laughs> and then the joke worked. Because nobody yeah. went. To <laughs> oh, it's like Sony. Somebody at Sony Pictures uh, needs to learn irony, right? Um, just like somebody hand him a dictionary, send him a link to Webster's dot com. Just wait, not not even that. Like, just somebody at Sony needs to be shown the website. Know your meme. <laughs> true, true. <sighs> so neither Trey or myself have watched the film. I have seen most of the trailers. I've seen one trailer. And of co- okay, and of course we have read a fair number of Morbius yeah. comics. I've seen the trailer we recorded a reaction for. I've not seen any other yes. trailers. Uh, in fact, uh, there there were a lot of TV commercials. I don't watch a lot of television. I'm all streaming. Yeah, even on even on like the the like free internet apps and things like your your Tubi.tvs. And oh, such, I don't pay attention to those. There were a lot of more. 
whole lot, whole lot of more. I've actually ads. found that um, YouTube ads are a great time for what I call micro naps. Uh, just mm, yeah, no, yeah, I, just I get like that. zonk completely out. Uh, but yeah, so we did a poll on our Twitter and we asked if you wanted us to watch the movie beforehand to have something ready for this commentary. And you said you want us to go and roll, which I only now realize sounds like another threat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess people care more about hearing our pain and suffering in real time than any actual researched insights that we uh, so Morbius, it's available on lots of different streaming services. Um, you, yeah, yeah, it, it's VOD, VOD now, so you can get it pretty much can, anywhere. Hell, I, I think it's, I think it's still in yeah. theaters, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can get it from Voodoo, you can get it from Amazon Prime, you can, um, get it from that dude, Charlie, who hangs up at the gas station and has the card table with the, uh, burnt DVDs. <laughs> you can get it anywhere. Right, right, um... Sony is probably, I mean, we're probably just weeks out, if that, from it hitting stars or whichever service it is that Sony has. I think it's stars. I think it's stars. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of Sony stuff seems to show up here. So if you want to wait, hold on to this commentary for Sony hitting your beloved star subscription, that's perfectly (laughs) fine. But we're going to go ahead and watch Morbius now with you, lovely listener. Um, how do you, I guess just cap. Let's see, how do we do this for Hellstrom Watch? Just count it down? Yeah, I think, so we'll count it down. Um, uh, I'll try and, like, narrate as we switch from the company credits to the actual start of the movie, just so people know they're Got synced. It. And, uh, you know, every so often, maybe we'll call attention to the screen. There you go. So you know that you are synced. Unfortunately, we, we don't have a disembodio to help us oh, out. Oh, man, this. that'd be amazing. Uh, right? Coming soon to the Tomb of Ideas app. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk to Liam. Yeah, about Li- that. Liam's got app money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so counting down, I'm pressing play in five, four, three, two, one. Okay, we've got the Sony logo. Yep. We have zoomed in. Oh, it's coming right at us! Ah. And now we've got Columbia Pictures logo. I With believe. the goddess Columbia. Yep. 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 One of the early representatives, embodiments of the American spirit, of course, before, of course, she was replaced with Uncle Sam. Yep. And we faded to black. Yep. And here comes the Marvel logo. Not the Marvel Studios. No. Like, very Lucasfilmy kind of thing, in but, but in association. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we've got some very, like, bisexual color scheme going here. <laughs> well, it is Pride Month after all. Uh, right, right. Well, but you got some purples and you got some pinks, you got some blues. Nothing says Pride like Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> And I think we're about to get our title. Ooh. Yep. You know, with the color scheme, this could have been a Magneto movie. This is true. Faded to black. The Arctic Circle. And we're oh, no, starting. Sorry. Wrong, wrong Marvel movie. Morbius has found a block of ice. <laughs> Morbius, first midnight sun. 
it would have been such a bold move if it turned out this was opening in like the Savage Land or something. Because <laughs> this opening feels very like Jurassic Park sequel. Oh, I was going to go with Congo. Mm, yes, that yeah, too. I mean, if Bruce Campbell pops in a frame right now, I'll, I'll die happy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the better Marvel movie that. Came out <laughs> You're you're not wrong. <laughs> and now we're in the Bat Cave from the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Michael Morbius Built this in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> Any minute now, Jared Leto will pop up and shout, Swear to me! <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine if they made Jared Leto Batman? Please no. No. Don't even speak <laughs> that into, into the world. It's bad enough he was Joker. It really was. So I was reading the other day, and apparently Leto struggled with this character because he felt that it was so close to his real life personality that he couldn't he couldn't get into his usual method acting approach. Now, Jared Leto didn't have to practice this. He just does this every morning. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, again, as he said, this is so much like his own personality that he's really just doing his daily routine. <laughs> Including the bats. Right, right. I mean, turn on the helicopter blades, you're going to see some serious shit, so. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is basically how he has not aged in the last 25 years. There you go. Interesting enough, neither have his dates. Ah!
Oh, Jared Harris. Hey, it's you! Huh. Ah, uh, yes. That, that old chestnut. Jared Harris, son of Richard Harris. Yes. Which, which of course means that, uh, I had a car like that once. Ah. It's impossible. Somebody will be played by Jared Leto. Is it cruel of me to say that I think that kid is reacting that way because he realized what movie he's in? <laughs> oh god, I'm still in Morbius. That's highly implausible, even for this movie. But you've got to stop stealing my pins. You talking about the X Mansion? Yes, almost certainly. Yet another surprise Charles Xavier cameo. Again, that was the better Marvel movie that came out this year. Where are all of the adults at this There's school? one. Oh. So, for our lovely listeners who don't know, and I haven't, I don't know if I've explained this before, there's a running joke in our group of friends that Trey is, in fact, played by Jared Harris. Right, right. Sorry. Yes. So you're saying it's a Milo and me scenario. <laughs> <laughs>
So is it common practice for old friends of your of the family to just give awards? Well, I guess if he's all if this guy is like a re- also a researcher in the same field. Wait, I missed something. How did he diss them? That must be one of the scenes that they cut out, of which I hear there are many. Oh, dear. So I guess he rejected it. I didn't get that from. Yes, they're also miss. Are they? They're they're intentionally not saying Nobel. Right, right. Which I didn't know that was copyrighted, but I assume they wanted nothing to do with this production. I could see that. Also, also odd. Like the Nobel Prize comes with a significant amount of money. Yeah, which he could put into this research that he's doing. the only friends he has and uh, Dr. Bancroft here uh, I recognize from uh, Good Omens Mm -hmm. she plays Anathema Device I think she was in the Pacific Rim sequel. Which I've still not seen. That's all right.
And uh, Bancroft here, uh, who's working with Morbius, um, actually dates all the way back to Amazing Spider-Man 102, which is the second part of the original Morbius story. Uh, she appeared as his fiance and assistant. Gotcha. That mouse would rather die than be in Morbius. Good <laughs> career move. Killing a mouse in your movie while you're having repeated legal trouble with Mick, with Disney is a real power move. Yeah, yeah. Also, having Jared Leto kill mice when one of the things he's famous for is sending dead rats to his castmates. Ooh. Anna with an E? Is she a... Wait, like... Okay, never mind. I thought he was calling her nurse for a second there. No, I think it's the other woman in the room. The mouse is alive! I hear a Matt Smith. It's a bold move surrounding Jared Leto with far more interesting and charismatic people than he is. 
I love how they point out Mar- Morbius is smart in the beginning with a feat of mechanical engineering. Right, right. And of course, he is a medical doctor, researcher. Right. It is definitely the Marvel spectrum of super genius. We're at 20 minutes exactly. Yep. For those keeping score. And uh, at 20 minutes, not much has happened. No. Uh, also, uh, Matt Smith uh, apparently joined this film partly due to the encouragement of his former Doctor Who castmate Karen Gillan, who talked about how much she enjoyed playing Nebula in the Guardians movies. But from what I understand... Working with Sony is very different from working with Marvel Studios. Yes, that does seem to be yes. true. Yes. Yeah, I will say, so far, the most Marvel Comics thing about this is the the degree of pseudoscience and the sort of hand-waving of, oh, well, Morbius just knows how to do things. Fun fact, um, you also have to go into international waters to do human trials of the film Morbius. <laughs> It's Rodan. <laughs> you owe me actual money. I will say, this is... Actually, like the the at this point, they actually are adapting the comic. Yeah, going into international waters to do the experiment—that's straight out of what was an Amazing Spider-Man one hundred one, one hundred two. Although, no scheming lab assistant. There was a scheming lab assistant, right? There was a scheming lab assistant. Uh, his uh, vampire costume with the the bat wings was for some reason medically yes. necessary. <laughs> uh, there, there was a big machine he was plugged into. I mean, he's kind of plugged into a machine now. Yeah. Right, but there, there were far less needles in the version from Yeah, and the, they were the like 70s. rays. Right, like, weirdly, the 70s version was much higher tech than this.
And there are mercenaries on this boat. Why? I'm not sure. But it's a good thing they've established this guy's not a nice person because he's about to die. Oh, they're all going to die. I mean, they all died in the comic, too. This is true. This is true. Okay, so I get the making him bat-like and giving him the craving for blood. Why is he leaving, like, smoky vapor trails whenever he jumps? I don't know. He's night crawling. You don't understand. It's Mormon time. <laughs> yeah. I, I know they're trying to emphasize the superpowers, but the like the fast motion morbing around the room like that. I mean that, that's what we're going to that, that's what it is, he right? Just fucking neo did. But that when he does the vapor trail thing, that's we agree that's morbing. That's morbid. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. The morbing around the room just looks silly, and I don't think it's supposed to. <laughs> Like, we had the bad CGI rat earlier. So, like, I don't know. This movie got an extra year in post-production. Did, yeah. But but that, to be fair, that year was a year of COVID when, like, people were working from home. And my understanding is that doing effects work from home can be very difficult. Um, because of the need to remotely log into the the uh, systems that actually do the rendering and stuff. I got morb in my eye. Like, is there like a physical discharge? Like, <laughs> is he just like leaving an ink trail like an octopus? Like, that's the thing, he seems to be, like, leaking. If your Morbius is leaking... <laughs> and... Ah, jeez, we got a Morb leak below deck, you know? So, th- this also just... It seems like it very much wants to be a horror movie. At least right now. Yes. But all it's doing is reminding me of other horror movies that I like better than yes. this one. For example, like just just in that like two or three minute sequence, I was reminded of Halloween with the first person perspective mm-hmm. stuff, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street with the dragging the claws on the pipes. Um, there was a little bit of 
like uh, pick your werewolf movie, American Werewolf in London, The Howling, whatever. But like, even as far as like Marvel in quotation mark movies doing horror, sure. Like the horror in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness is stronger than the horror we just saw here. Oh, sure. Without being as explicit necessarily, because that's not a bloody movie. No, it isn't. But but it's far creepier than anything in that sense. Exactly. Uh, also, uh, as while we're name dropping better movies, the uh, the experiment on myself suddenly made me muscly. Is is Jeff Goldblum in The Fly? Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! Imagine a, a Jeff Goldblum Michael Morbius movie in the eighties. Absolutely, or even early nineties, like right after. The one-two punch of Jurassic Park Independence Day. Oh, yeah. When he was, like, the guy you cast to play offbeat scientists. Even, like, right right, right after Blade. If Jeff Goldblum yeah. had yeah. been the Morbius to Wesley Snipes' Blade, that would have been amazing. And, of course, and of course, that's the origin of Morbius in movies, right? Was that there was, there were plans to set up for Morbius in a Blade sequel, and every time it came up, they decided not to do yeah. it. In fact, there is a, I believe, a deleted scene for the first Blade film with Morbius. Yeah. Now he's like in silhouette; you can't really see him. He's in silhouette. His head is kind of wrapped, so you can't see his face. But yeah, Murnau? Yeah, the as in the director of Nosferatu. But why'd they mispronounce it? And Yeah, they mispronounced it, yeah. Okay, we've got Tyrese Gibson from the Fast and Furious sequels. Oh, look, a Venom reference. Woo. Yep. And uh, Al Madrigal there uh, used to be a Daily Show correspondent. Oh, God, we've got a Giroletto. Well, I I painted that painting behind you. Does that answer your question? (laughs) 
Were they saying Michael Crawford, please call? Yes. They, they, they're, okay. they're doing a hospital staff uh, musical review. Well, so my, I, I'm wondering if that's another, like the Murnau thing. Uh, Michael Crawford starred in the Broadway production of Dance of the Vampires. The infamously terrible... Uh, See, only you remember that. <laughs> no one else remembers that, Trey. That's what I'm here for, though. <laughs> I'm providing the useless trivia. And I provide the good looks, so... That's what this podcast is all... This is what this audio medium was all about. So, it's established early on, Morbius invented synthetic blood. Could he not just make some of that for himself and not have to eat people? You know, it'd be great if they could explain that, oh, synthetic blood doesn't work for him. Right. Maybe that's what they're doing now, actually. Apparently he's very good at parkour. Yeah. Yeah, he just said it's from artificial blood. I don't see the problem. Like, just keep making more of the artificial blood. Yes. Is there a lot of instances of bats tearing people apart? That- I mean, they're, so they're vampire bats, but they, they're not going to go after a person no. unless the person is, like, sleeping and still and, yeah. like, very it's non-threatening. Not like, per- like, they usually go after, like, livestock. Yeah, it's not stuff. like piranha. And even, let's be honest, right. piranha aren't like piranha. <laughs> right, right. And he breaks into Frozen. Oh, because he's got the echolocation stuff. Okay. Which weirdly looks like they're borrowing the effect from the Ben Affleck Daredevil. 
Like they did a similarly similarly like smoky effect in that one. Yes. Okay, so the artificial blood is a temporary solution. I guess, why isn't he trying to figure out what's different about the artificial blood? Oh, come on. You could have said drink the red or be dead. <laughs> I mean, that's... It was, it right, was there. right there. So, did he cut himself in order to write that message in blood? Yes. Did he have a little bit of blood in with him already? Uh, like... Do not open that door. Also, it's weird that the artificial blood is blue. It's so he's more sympathetic. He's not just murdering a bunch of people. Right, I'm just saying, like, scientifically, medically, it's weird that it's blue.
Yeah, the the like CGI morb flashes are distracting. Oh, okay. So... So Tyrese Gibson is playing a familiar character for us. Oh? Yeah. He is everyone's favorite man-wolf-obsessed ex-CIA NYPD officer, Simon Stroud. (laughs) Except here, apparently, he's FBI. Yeah. It's just so weird to me that they brought in Horizon from the Dan Slot run. Well, I I mean, so they can only use Marvel stuff that originated in Spider-Man, right? Yes. And that's a a high-tech lab that originated in Spider-Man. Because you can't do Roxxon, because that originated in Captain America. You're right. You can't do AIM, because that originated in Captain America. Yep, yep. Weird how many of the, the like, super science organizations originated with Captain America. Yes. You, you'd expect more of them to have been with Fantastic Four, honestly. They did this better in Moon Knight. Right. In fact, I would also argue that Moon Knight is scarier than this movie. Sure, yes. At least it is a more interesting sort of melding of genres. Honestly, would have been more clever if they had made the company Alchemax. It would. Since that was actually one that was doing, like, gene splicing and biological experimentation. 
Yes, disappearing like this is not all suspicious. Also, the score sounds like it's borrowing heavily from Batman Begins. Yes. Oh, wow, they're not incompetent. No. It's weird how procedural this movie is. So, like, that, <laughs> is this where it's established he has hollow bones? Because that'd be hilarious. Yeah, it looks like it. That was a very Simon Stroud moment. It was. Also, I know Morbius is not killed by sunlight the way other Marvel vampires can be. But I'm pretty sure he's not supposed to like going outside in the daylight. No. Like it like he he is photosensitive. He's done in by origami. Yeah. That's happened to so many of us.
Also, it seems real shady that there's no lawyer present. It doesn't seem like he's been read his rights. No. Like, these guys are supposed to be federal officers. This is Like, they should be doing better than this. Yes. Um, love of those shirts. If ever you are arrested or detained or taken for questions of any kind, always ask for a lawyer. Yeah. Never talk to police without a lawyer. Oh God! They did that. Uh, they they went yeah. there again with the reminding us of things we'd rather yes. be watching. <laughs> oh, he's looking healthier. I wonder why. Right, right. We're at the 52-minute mark. I've done a bad job of keeping track, but uh, 52 minutes. <laughs> Morbius is in prison. Is he in prison, or are we all in prison? I mean, the entire Sony universe of Marvel characters is a prison. <laughs> oh, dang it. A vault movie would actually be pretty interesting. I, I've said for a while that's if you're gonna do a Sinister Six movie without Spider-Man, that's what you do. Do a vault movie, yeah. Like you do a breakout movie. That was very obvious and blatant, and that guard should have noticed. Yes. Gee, I wonder what's in that flask. Right, right. Yep. They went for a Kaiser Sose thing here. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. It also would have been more effective if it hadn't been broken up by the editing. If you'd seen him physically get stronger as he walked. Yep. Like Kaiser Sose. Right, right. Uh, For what it's worth, uh, Matt Smith's character here is uh, sort of a combination of characters, but is mostly based on a guy called Loxius Crown, 
um, whose whose villain name is Hunger. Since when could Morbius ever do that? Oh, so I guess when he's wearing orange, the shadow trail is orange. I, I figured it out. It, it It's like Johnny Cage's shadow kick. Yeah. But yeah, Hunger uh, is a, a later addition to the Morbius canon. He showed up in Spider-Man... Uh, volume one, number seventy-six, which is the '90s adjectiveless Spider-Man. Um, he's a Howard Mackey creation. So, I've heard multiple people say that Matt Smith is the best thing about this film. So far, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, they are barely using Jared Harris here, which is just right incredible to me. Right, and Jared Harris is also a character from the beginnings of, of Morbius, right? Like he, He's uh, a variation on, on Emil Nikos, who was Morbius' best friend in the origin story. I have to say, I'm getting a little tired of the superhero trope, which is especially present in Marvel movies and in Marvel adjacent movies, of the villain being the mirror image of the hero. Yes. Like hero versus like like dark version of the hero. Which, one of the things I liked about the... Spider-Man movies, the Marvel Spider-Man movies, is they didn't do that. Like... Right, right. The villains... Because they've used all the Mirror Universe villains, all Mirror villains already. Right. They've used... They they did the Mirror thing with Green Goblin in the first Sam Raimi film. They did the Mirror thing with Dr. Octavius in the first... In the second Spider-Man Raimi film. And of course, the, the obvious one was when they did Venom. Yeah. Right? Because that's literally a mirror of, of Spider-Man. So that's kind of cool. Um, and of course, and of course, the Iron Man movies did it a, a bit, with Bunch. especially the first Iron Man movie. And the Captain America movies did it. Yeah. Like, 
it feels like Matt Smith is having fun. And it seems like he's the only person in this movie having fun. Yes. But there are ways to have made all that scarier. Sure. And I'm like, they're like, we're very much holding on to the PG-13. They are. Well, but like you could even, like you could light it scarier without making it bloodier. Because it's all very stark and well lit. Yes. Which, yes, is how a subway station looks. But like. They've had the lights flicker in other scenes. Yes. Oh, we've got, like, morb vision. (laughs) You are now experiencing morb vision. Okay. Yeah, he's figured out that he can, like, ride the wind. Well, you know what they say. You must take the A-train. Although, really, you'd think with the train that was going the other way, like, that would, like, push him the other direction. But whatever. So there was the reference to Stroud uh, having his arm injured uh, while serving overseas. Yes. Like the, the throwaway line. Apparently, there was an entire action set piece filmed uh, at some point. There would have been some point in the movie where Stroud would have had a high-tech artificial arm with like gadgets and weapons and stuff in it. Um, all of that has been deleted from the movie. All reference to it. What? Yeah. Like, was it in the script stage, or did they actually film it? Uh, uh, Tyrese Gibson gave interviews where he described his character as a superhero with a high-tech weapons great arm. And then later said that uh, all of his action stuff had been cut out of the movie. Wow. Okay, if he's wanted for murder, he's not wanted for questioning. Right. Like, at that point, they don't have more questions.
So I guess it doesn't. Right. A better actor? <laughs> Counterfeiters? Really? The crime he's stopping? It's counterfeiting. They certainly don't need that for anything. <laughs> Looks like that was his artificial blood. That he took. Michael Morbius of the Secret Service. the hell this is honestly this is probably the most effective morbius scene we've had so far oh god okay they yep they did also i'm sure counterfeiting equipment is so easily converted to medical research so the thing where they mentioned that they'd switched to chemical processes for something suggests that they would have like centrifuges and stuff 
And remember, it's been established that he is also very good at engineering. Uh, he just built his own centrifuge out of a printing press. And here they just put a camera in Matt Smith's dressing room. Right. That's that's just his normal getting dressed yeah. routine right there. Actually, he seems to be channeling a little bit of, uh, I don't know if you knew this, he played uh, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho the Musical in the West End. I would watch that. Right. And he seems to be channeling a little bit of that here. They made a musical? That was actually very generous. I'm like... Classic horror trope, establish your victims as assholes before they're murdered. Yes. Although, I've often found, like, the more effective horror films make make the victims sympathetic before they kill them. I mean, so, it depends on what era of horror you're thinking about. True. The more cynical slashers got in the 80s and into the 90s, the less likable the characters became. Because at a certain point, people started rooting for the killer because the reason you were going was to enjoy the kill scenes. As opposed to being horrified by the kill scenes, which requires that you sympathize with the victim. Yeah.
And for those of you keeping track, we are at the one hour, 12 minute mark. Yep. So uh, in the pantheon of former doctors who played villains from Marvel Comics, I'd say so far Matt Smith is better than Eccleston in Thor The Dark World, but not as good as David Tennant in Jessica Jones. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Although I- now you got me wanting like Colin Baker in a in a Marvel film because that'd be amazing, right? It's, actually, it's surprising that Paul McGann hasn't been tapped for something. It is. You're absolutely right. Maybe get Tom Baker to voice the Living Tribunal or something. Yep. Empire State University. Yep. care about any of these characters <laughs> um i have to give her credit though she's playing the most convincing movie scientist i've seen since christmas jones <laughs> ah yes nuclear physicist <laughs> christmas jones <sighs> Uh, apparently, uh, the actress playing Martine Bancroft uh, drew inspiration from uh, the media portrayals of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Interesting. Oh no, she's a Dracula apologist. <laughs> Why would you kiss him though? You know it just it's just gonna taste like pennies. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh Matt Smith is just creeping.
It's always funny how in these like procedural scenes, the cops always notice the CCTV cameras like after they've done a whole bunch of other like crime scene stuff. Like you'd think that would be the first thing you check. Come on. Vampire. That was a perfect opportunity for a reporter to say the living vampire. Exactly. That was my thinking, too. It doesn't make any difference with these vampires. Man, that CGI in this is just so bad. You know, apparently Leto like pushed hard for it for there to be no prosthetics. Like all CGI. That's unfortunate. It is. This could have been done so much better rough. with prosthetics. Yeah. And the occasional like CGI morph to go from one to the yeah. other. Is it just that Leto didn't like prosthetics? He's done other movies where he's covered in them and it seems to like he's done interviews where he talks about how like makeup and prosthetics are like a mask that enhance the performance. They're actually discussing the John Travolta Angel film. <laughs> you convinced me to make Morbius. Oh, it was Milo, Milo and Otis. That's the name of the movie I was trying to think of earlier. Ah, yeah. yes, yes. Which is just this character from this film and Otis from Superman the movie. <laughs> I, that, I would watch that. That sounds it better. It does, doesn't it? Oh, gee, oh, gee um, Milo. I don't know if you should eat him, Milo. Oh, gosh, if you ate him. Oh, dear. <laughs> and, of course, like every other scene has, like, the, the like, bouncy Otis theme from the John Williams Superman score. Yes. 
Uh, also, uh, for what it's worth, the comics version of Jared Harris's character uh, eventually ends up a vampire himself, uh, not through the living vampire process, but is turned into a vampire by barren blood. Oh, fun. We should get to some barren blood blood comics fairly soon, right? We gotta be close. We gotta yeah. Be close. He, he, I mean, as soon as we get to like Invaders stuff, I'm looking forward to Invaders stuff. Yeah, uh, 1976. I think that's not too far off of where we. Yeah, we're still good. Give it off. Also, they keep calling him Nicholas. That's his last name. Like, it's weird. Like, he's he's a father figure to these guys, and they keep calling him by his last name. Yes. We never see him kidnap her. No. Just transitions again. Another. We know he's been. We know he's been following her, but we don't actually see yeah. how it, how this happened. Yeah, another one of our missing scenes. Yeah. So his his morb trails finally have the the classic color scheme, at least of the '90s version. Indeed, I'm a little bit upset we didn't get the cut the, the yeah, batwing the batwing cut down to the naval jumpsuit. Yeah, me too. I had hoped at least he would have like a jacket with red lining that got shredded up so that it looked kind of like bat wings. Yep. And they have this weird concert venue that they're at. 
right? Right. Seemingly just to have a practical reason for the mood lighting. Yes. Oh, we're doing this, are we? Oh, so if that works, then this does just basically work like regular vampirism. Right? Like, that's the thing in Dracula, in the in the novel Dracula, is he makes more vampires by feeding them some of his own blood. Yes. After feeding on them. Wait, did she just make him feed off her? Like when when he kissed her, she bit his lip. In order to make him strong enough to fight Milo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's still stupid. A little bit, yeah. Although, didn't Milo already drink from her? Yes. So, he's drunken from Jared Harris and from her. So. I don't imagine there's much left for Morbius. So wait, he leads a morb trail even when he's being tossed. Yes. Is it possible they just saw Spider-Verse and like, ooh, they do pretty things with colors and stuff. Maybe we should just copy that. See, see, I think you're giving them too much credit. I think they saw Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah. With like the slow motion, fast motion, and the like, mid-air fight scenes and stuff. Is he summoning the bats? Like, is he doing the Batman Begins thing? I am almost certain he is. So, I guess we should talk about this while we're waiting for the movie to end. (laughs) What universe is this? Because I feel it's the Amazing Spider-Man one. So, it's definitely the same universe as Tom Hardy's Venom. Yes. Which might or might not be the Amazing Spider-Man universe. 
Um, so here's an interesting wrinkle. Apparently, apparently, they had, uh, what's his name? Uh, J.K. Simmons film scenes as J. Jonah Jameson for this movie. And then at some point, the director realized that it didn't make sense because that version of Jameson doesn't exist in this universe. It took them that long? They got through filming it? Yes, they, they, they realized this after they filmed the scenes. Which shows the level of forethought that went into the making of this, right? <laughs> um, and yeah, we, we've got... Sir, he's Christian Bailing. Are they are they healing him? Are they empowering him? What is happening? It's Catwoman in Batman Batman Returns. Right, but like, I feel like for that to make sense, they'd have to all be like bringing him little bits of blood, <laughs> like like mama birds, just vomiting in his mouth. Like, right, right. That, it would be weird, but it would make sense. Oh, this is the part that Zack Snyder directed for the film. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Fun fact, all of those bats played by the same bat that had a featured role in Batman Forever. Yeah. They just did the deep Roy thing and multiplied him over and over But of again. course, this just proves the point. Snyder is the blueprint. <laughs> the visionary Zack Snyder. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, it's... So why are the bats attacking Matt yes, Smith? It's because Morbius told them to? But but if the bats like living vampire people, why, why do they like one and not the other? Wait, were like the bats holding him down? Yeah. Hmm. Also, this is a worse fight scene leading to a cure injection than uh, No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, we're bats are a weird, weird part of this movie. Yes, considering in the comics, I don't think there's any relationship with bats. No. Well, I mean, it's, he, he, I think there is some suggestion that he bases his research off of vampires. Yes. But there's no, like... But, like, as far... But there's no, like, powers connection. He doesn't become the Bat-Aquaman. Right, right. Uh, we're a little past one hour, 32 minutes. Uh, our intrepid investigators have found a giant hole in the ground.
you, I'd be pissed if I was Tyreek Hill. Oh, there you go. Yep. I'm sorry. Is this the ending? Is this the? Is it? I think this is, is this the, the ending. flyby wink thing. The flyby salute part of the film for more. Well, there you go. So we just leave almost everything unresolved. Yes. Oh man. So the stuff with with Bancroft is unresolved. The stuff with Simon Stroud is unresolved. They really expected to be making one or two more of these, yes. didn't they? You take that back, you liar. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, I think my Amazing Spider-Man 2 comparison holds up because it's one of those things where it exists solely to set up for further movies. Yes. And, you know, they may still make another movie. Maybe. They lost a lot of money on this one, I think. Like, well, hold Oh, hold on. Oh, look. No way home. Yeah. Why would it put him <laughs> in a prison? No, because no, he was already in a prison. Like it put him in the same spot, but in an alternate earth. Because the same thing happened to Venom, remember? He goes from, like, the, the tropical island to the tropical island. What do you say? I'm sorry. What am I doing in this joint? Yeah. Oh, God. So, so the message I get from that is Sony saying to Marvel, no, you can't have Vulture, he's ours. And Marvel's like, okay. <laughs> well, and Marvel's like, we already established infinite variants, so we'll just, we'll just get another yes. one. Yes. And there's, like, no reason for him to be transferred over. Well, I mean... There's about as much reason as Venom jumping from one universe to another and then back again. Like, that was theoretically because Venom knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Venom is an interdimensional creature, yeah. Yeah, and because the the Venom symbiont knew in some iteration that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That there was a spider. That Peter Parker is Spider-Man, yeah. it pulled him in. But there's no reason for... Oh, hold up. No, another one. Jeez. It is awfully bright for 2.21 a.m. Yeah. Well, now it's very dark. Yeah. So. And we have changed time of day three times in as many shots. Oh, okay. 
I know, I see what's happening here. Oh my god. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> Wait, so I feel like Morbius should have been like, wait, wait, look, go back to the part where there's a Spider-Man. Yeah. Unless there is a Spider-Man in this world, which has still not been established. No. And like, why did Tombs uh, suddenly decide, oh, I'm going to be a superhero now? Well, I think he's being manipulative. So, okay, well, actually, no. Toombs always saw himself as the hero. Like, he was the working-class hero fighting back against, like, the evils of Tony Stark. Okay. Like, right? Yeah. Like, he, he and his crew were ruined by damage control. Yeah. But, of course, there's still no reason for him to be in this universe. Sure. I also, well, and so he, like, it's weird. He does know who Peter Parker, well, he knows who Spider-Man is, but that, but he was already in that universe, so, like, he shouldn't have been affected. Yeah, it should have just erased his memory. Un- unless it was an effect of, like, the counterspell at the end. No, because, like, Mary, M- M- MJ and Ned don't get sent to alternate dimensions. Right, right. All all that I can say is that it seems like maybe the spell had, like, weird, unforeseen consequences and had some erratic effects on specific people. It doesn't make any sense. Asking it to make sense is is pointless, I think. Um, what's even more confusing to me than that, because when we're talking about stuff involving magic, I, I am willing to give a movie a lot of leeway. What was more confusing is how does Toombs suddenly have a new set of wings and a new outfit? Because he appeared in a prison cell in his prison garb in a place where no one's ever heard of him. It's not like they had his stuff to give back to him. No. And he could have built new ones, but the originals were built based on Chitari alien designs, which he's not going to have on this earth. As far as we know, this earth doesn't have aliens except for Venom. Right, right. Um, So... The only thing that could maybe make that work, and of course, it's a post-credit scene, so there's no exposition, but, like, it could be one of those, like, DC Comics Captain Cold situations where Captain Cold is not a genius, but he disassembled and reassembled the cold gun so many times that even if it's destroyed, he knows how to make another one. But that's, like, the one thing he knows how to do. But still, I don't think he knows how to duplicate Shatari tech. Right, exactly. Um... And this is because this Earth also doesn't have an Iron Man. It's not like he can go out and get some repulsors or something. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like that was the original cameo scene. See, a lot of people think there's more. Like, there's stuff from the trailers with him that's not in this movie. Yes. Like, what's up, Doc? Like, there's 
Like there's a yeah, it, well, there's there's a there's one where he calls him Doctor Mike. Yeah, which suggests they know each other, like or at least have met yes. before. And I think at some point Marvel just told him no. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- there were several things that they were told no about after the fact. I think um, the uh, apparently there was a a very short. There's a short scene in one of the trailers where uh, there's a graffiti painting of Spider-Man in the background uh, that ended up having to be taken out. Um, But apparently also the director didn't know that that had been added. Like Sony had that graffiti added post-production without the director's knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so, so the trailers seem to suggest that it is set in the same... Well, I don't know. The trailers are very confusing things. This whole movie was very because they thing. Well, right, right. But the trailers at various times referenced the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. They referenced the Amazing Spider-Man films. And they referenced Venom. Yep. Which, as far as we can tell, are three separate universes. Yes. Venom and Amazing Spider-Man might be the same universe, but even that I think is stretching it because like you'd think if that was the case, people would like there would be some lingering after effect of super powered people like Electro and Spider-Man being around when a character like Venom or Carnage show up. Like people would be like, oh, hey, it's like that time when. Yeah. And that doesn't I mean, we happen. get the, the line here is crazier than that, that thing in San Francisco. But I'm like, right. So this is definitely the Venom universe. Is it really though? I think it is. It feels like it. No, to is me. it crazier than the thing in San Francisco though? Honestly, I think a a giant goo monster jumping around oh, right, eating right. people's heads is a bit crazier right. than a vampire. With which at least you have precedent for in science fiction, or you know, in fiction. Sure. Right, no, I agree that the Venom is a far stranger premise, especially Venom Two, where there's two of them running around. <laughs> plus the plus, what's her name? Shriek, is it? Yes. Yeah, and I think part part um, of it is like uh, Sony f- pictures always look low budget. They look well, so Sony. The Venom movies and this movie both, uh, and, and and we have hit the end of the runtime. Uh, as we were talking, the the Humane Society thing scrolled by. That's the end of the movie. Yep. Um, we can keep chatting though. Uh, just to to wrap some things up about the movie, uh, Sony, the the Venom movies and Morbius both feel like '90s superhero movies. Yes. They, they they have a very specific formula that feels very 90s. If I had seen this in the 90s before any of the Marvel films, I would have been overjoyed. By sure. It. So here's the thing. I And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my take on the Sony superhero movies that are not Marvel co-productions. So setting setting Spider-Man aside, um, Venom, Venom 2, and, and Morbius – the sort of urtext, the film that sort of establishes the formula that those movies are following, is Spawn. Yes. 
I think we talked about this before, but yes. Um, and, and you can see bits of it in other things, like some of the, like the procedural, like having normal people who are investigating the, the stuff going on. Like you can trace that all the way back to Batman 89 with Robert Wool and, and Kim Basinger. But, uh, but, but a lot of this stuff reminds me of that mid to late nineties period, uh, with stuff like Spawn. Um, also speaking of late nineties, uh, the box office drop off. For Morbius from first to second weekend was a drop of 74%. Uh, that's the wow. second that's the second worst of all time for a superhero movie behind only Steel. Wow. Uh yeah. It it still finished second in the second weekend, but that was just because there was nothing else out other than Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. Um, it, it fell to sixth place in the third weekend, was ninth place in the fourth weekend. Um, by its sixth weekend, it was out of the top 10. I don't usually play box office games, but this one had such a steep drop off that it it was worth noting. Yep. It's just, and yet Sony is still talking about a sequel. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. It seems like it was not terribly expensive to make. Uh the the listed budget is somewhere between 75 and 85 million. Um it's made about 163 million and some change. So it's probably turning at least a small profit even if you take into account marketing and all that stuff that's not part of the budget. Um and the I'm sure Sony would argue there's value in the shared universe, right? Like, even if even if the follow-up is not Morbius 2, there's value in having a Morbius character around for a team-up of some sort. I, I suppose so. But it's just... I feel that this has just been a huge black eye for them. Yes, yes. It's it's not good. And, you know, love the listeners, we'd love to hear what you thought of the, of the film, um, now that you've watched it with us, uh, whether it's right. the first time for you like it was for us, or, you know, if you have dipped in the Morbin juice before, uh... <laughs> Please. <laughs> that sounds like it should be on. <laughs> it is in some states. <laughs> uh, yeah. But <clears throat> actually, you don't you don't dip into Mormon juice, you vape Mormon juice. Let's be honest here. <laughs> oh, that, absolutely. I mean, and 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 what comes out of the vape pen is the the weird purple shadow trails like when he flies. Yeah, that's what is, that was that was what was happening the whole time in this movie. Just more He's just vaping. <laughs> or he's vaping. <laughs> We get it, dude. <laughs> that honestly, that that should be the sequel right there. Is he develops a uh, a synthetic blood substitute that works, but he has to vape it. <laughs> oh. Damn! Why did we only come up with this like after the movie's over? <laughs> uh, and, and you know, this is still nowhere to. Honestly, this movie would have been ten times better. Uh, if 
setting aside anything else, like no other major changes, but if if it had been based on the 90s animated version where he craves plasma and has the weird sucker things in his so hands. So much creepier. Right. So much creepier. So much creepier. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode of Tomb of Ideas. That's right. You can always reach out to us at our email. It's tombofideas at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at Tomb of Ideas. We're also available at facebook.com slash Tomb of Ideas. And we are proud, so, so very proud members of the Cinepunks podcasting group. That's right. That means you'll find our entire back catalog on Cinepunks.com, along with all of the other great podcasts that are released by Cinepunks. That's their flagship show, Cinepunks. Also, Cinema Smorgasbord, uh, The Carnage Report, Wine and Cheese, uh, and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve. We've got all kinds of great podcasts uh, covering a wide range of movie, music, TV, and other topics. Uh, also, great uh, print articles there as well. Uh, reviews, commentary. Uh, check out Cinepunks.com. Uh, you'll find a lot of great stuff. No, wait a minute. The Carnage Report isn't just like a podcast that goes in deep depth on Venom 2, Let It Be Carnage, is there? <laughs> I mean, I would listen to that if it was nothing but... Honestly, I would listen to it if it was nothing but people doing their impression of Woody Harrelson. Like, just saying, there's gonna be carnage. Okay, because, like, that was my idea for our next episode, so... If... <laughs> <laughs> They, they, they. Uh, no, the Carnage Report is a fairly new podcast uh, that's uh, it's uh, basically horror news. Okay. Um, so they look at new releases in theaters, on demand, streaming, uh, and, and they do at least one in-depth discussion of a new horror release in each episode. Sounds awesome. And it's uh, co-hosted by uh, Julie Holland and Nick Spacek. Okay. So make sure to check that out, as well as many of the other fine Cinepunks programming. And... Until next time, Tomb Believers, bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. Until next time, Tomb Believers, excelsior. ha <laughs> ha!